Welcome to episode 32 of the Zay Coleman Podcast, where today we'll be discussing the ESPN Top 100 NBA Players list, numbers 100 through 26. Okay, so before I get into the episode, I have, I'm, I basically got to tell you, my stuff, some of it is out of order from what I want to talk about. So if I say a number out of order, this is, because I basically just did this off the dome. I didn't, like, you know. I didn't sit down and discuss every single thing in order. I was just kind of jotting down mental notes as I was, you know, doing my little reactions to the ESPN 100 list. So the first one I'm going to talk about, number six. is It's on, number six on my list, but it's the first thing we're going to talk about. Stop rating rookies. There's no way, and again, coming from a Pistons fan, there's no way that Kate Cunningham, before ever touching an NBA basketball, is the 76th best player in this league. Over guys who have literally won awards, guys who have, you know, who are basically Hall of Famers at, at this point in their career, who are still contributors, <clears throat> Carmelo Anthony. Um, there's no reason that him... And Jalen Green are top 100 players already. Like, who knows? Maybe Cade Cunningham is averages 25 and 5 in his rookie year. And then he might be and takes the Pistons to the playoffs type drama for him to be considered a top 100 player. But realistically, he'll probably be 17, 5 and 5 as probably the 10th seed, 11th seed, maybe. Who knows? That's me being optimistic. But he's not going to be this the, a Luka Doncic-esque player where he is putting up 40-point triple-doubles and is already a top-10 player three years into his career. That's probably not going to be Kay Cunningham in his rookie year. Who knows? He might take the Luka trajectory and is potentially the, a top-10 player in the league. God, I would hope so. But pr- realistically, probably not. And same with Jalen Green. Jalen Green probably won't be the first option next year. It'll probably be KPJ. Like, you stop. I don't want to say overrated because Kane currently isn't an overrated player by the majority of fans. Same with Jalen Green. They're both rated right as they should be. But they're not top 100 players already. Let him. Let them touch the ball first. If Cade has the 3-for-14 game in the first couple of games of his career, people are going to talk about how ESPN rated him 76 ahead of six-man-of-the-year Jordan Clarkson. Like, you don't want that on your head, ESPN, but realistically, it probably will be. Now that that's out of the way, speaking of Jordan Clarkson, the disrespect is real. I understand he's a six-man, and not a lot of people really care about the six-man on the NBA team, unless his name is Lou Williams. But Jordan Clarkson averaged a dub last year on a team with all somebody who already averages 20 a game, all-star Mike Conley, all-star Rudy Gobert, one of the more underrated players in the game, and Boyan Bogdanovich, Joe, one of the better IQs in the game, Joe Ingles. I feel like we've had the same song and dance for... Two years at this point. Probably closer to three since he was in Cleveland. He he was hooping in Cleveland. But we've had the same song and dance with Jordan Clarkson forever. 
But the disrespect is real now. To the point where he was almost an all-star. And I don't even think he, he was in the top 100. I don't even think he was on the list. If anything, he was in the low 90s. Again, we talked about yesterday how Sports Illustrated had him rate, uh, had him rated under Avisa Zubak. A guy who won't start next year. Why is Jordan Clarkson being rated under that? Who, if we're talking about them both being six men on their team, Jordan Clarkson gives, has a way, had a lot more of a production value than Avisha Zubak does. And same thing with this list. I don't. Again, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Jordan Clarkson was on the top 100. That is appalling. If you want to get sophisticated about it, that is appalling. I can't, I can't name 100 players better than Jordan Clarkson. I can't name 25 shooting guards better than, Mark, than Jordan or 20 if you want to be mathematical about it. 20 shooting guards better than Jordan Clarkson. I can't. But to say that Jordan Clarkson is not a top 100 player is ridiculous. I get that he's one-dimensional, but so are 80% of the guys in the league. Unless your name is Kawhi, Giannis, or to be honest, that's about it. You're mostly one side of the ball. Anthony Davis might be another guy that's up there, but even then, his defense comes and goes sometimes. It's ridiculous out here that Jordan Clarkson can't be considered a top 100 player for the production he gives you off the bench. Not as a starter. It's cool that he was giving you a little 16 with the Lakers on a 21 team as a starting point guard. But he's averaging 20 off the bench for the number one seed in the West. People will forget that. They were the first seed in the Western Conference. He averaged 20 for them off the bench. And you can't get, read, rate him over Avisa Zubat or the 100 guys that ESPN had rated, rated over him. I highly doubt that. Another one people are talking about, a decent amount of people are talking about, is Ben Re- being rated over Clay Thompson. I don't necessarily hate the idea that Ben is rated over Clay. I just ha- hate the way. Honestly, I don't even hate that Ben's rated at like 28, I think it was. I don't even hate that part. I do appreciate it. I don't not appreciate, obviously, but I do, you know, notice that ESPN was pretty lazy by rating the 2016 draft class right under each other like ben was 28 jalen i think it was no it was jalen brown was 27 and ingram was 26 yeah i appreciate that espn not a pre- again not appreciate but i do notice that y'all was lazy L- super lazy with that one congratulations you watched my pod when well, you watched my podcast when me and my homeboy talked about it i appreciate that i appreciate that view espn but Ben, again, Ben being over Clay isn't necessarily, you know, an issue I have. I just ha- hate the fact that you gave little to no reasoning on why Ben was better than Clay Thompson. You could have said he's an elite level playmaker, one of the better rebounders at his position. You know, he was a defensive player of the year candidate. You could have gave any of that. You gave zero reasoning. On why Clay Thompson was even that low to begin with. <sighs> Again, I'm stressing myself out. I'm just trying to 
pieced together this ESPN list knowing this ESPN list has never made sense ever in the and they're happy to tell you this now 11 years of these lists have been eligible for the media zero of the years they put them out have ever made sense and now you understand why because award winners speaking of award winners why was Julius Randle at 41 no not even 41 he was 47 that is ridiculous how is he 47 as an all-star you can't give me a reason I bet I bet you can't give me a reason that he wasn't an all-star or a reason he's 47 as an all-star but yeah like Julius Randle and again I posted this on my story too in case y'all care I posted this on my story that the ESPN list literally, literally does not make sense. They have the most inconsistencies I've ever seen in a list to where a guy who you could say was a top 20, literally a top 24 player in the NBA last year. He made it as an all-star, but you have him at 47. 47. Again, you can't tell me why there's 46 players better than Julius Randle. You can pick one pinpoint four out of the five playoff games that he had that he sucked in. But so did a lot of guys in the playoffs last year. You can point out Drew Holiday, who again had three clutch plays in the finals. But you can also point out a lot of those games where he couldn't buy a basket if it was on sale. Next is, realistically, is LaMelo Ball that much higher than Terry Rozier? I might get a lot of flag for that. But realistically, is he that much better than his backcourt mate? Like Terry Rozier, again, like Jordan Clarkson, averaged 20 last year. And one of the most slept-on 20-point seasons in the league Probably ever, because a lot of that attention went to Lamelo Ball and Gordon Hayward's contract, and now Miles Bridges being a rapper apparently, and P.J. Washington having a baby mama that we won't get into. That's his issue, not mine. The Hornets drafting yet another point guard, so on, so forth. Just another year in Charlotte's Hornets, Charlotte Hornets basketball. Like. All of that surrounding the Hornets, Cody Zeller being the most basic center of all time, all of that surrounding the Hornets, Terry Rozier just averaging 20, just, you know, as a silent 20 points per game. Somewhat efficient, too, for a point guard. I don't hate the... Terry Rozier actually has a really solid game. You could tell in Boston that you could you could see something in him. But again, you saw that in a lot of those guys in Boston. Marcus Smart... JT, JB was in there, Al Horford, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that was, a, was that a, was that a rookie Robert Williams, I'm pretty sure it was on that team, no, that was year before, a year after, sorry, um, obviously, like, like, the, a lot of those guys on that team had, you, they showed Marcus Morris, a lot of those guys on that team showed that they, they had a lot of talent on that team, that team was deep, without their two best players, and coincidentally, Gordon Hayward, and Kyrie Irving. 
like Terry again. I understand Lamelo Ball is a, a he is a he's a I wouldn't say a demigod because he's not that he's not big, but for a point he's a point guard version of a demigod. Like he's he's a jack of all trades. He's a six eight point guard basically. That'll give you a bucket, can rebound the ball obviously, play make with the best of them. You know the defense isn't there, but again that mostly comes with effort, not skill with him. It's more effort. Like, if he really tried to play defense, he probably could. Like I said, I don't see what he Ben, he, ben Simmons can do can't can do that Lamelo can't. Uh, outside of effort, Ben gives more effort on the defensive side of the ball than a Lamelo ball does. But at the same time, Lamelo is a lot more aggressive on offense than a Ben Simmons is. You know, take your you know pick your poison. But with a Lamelo ball, also comes with. Hype. Once Lamelo was drafted to Charlotte, people expected this team to be a playoff team, which they were on pace to before Lamelo got hurt. And then Gordon Hayward went down, and you know, guys starting to get tired because they weren't used to having to play all 82 games every year. Like, or I guess last year was 72. Like, you know, it it wasn't. It was a, it was a very brand new situation for the Charlotte Hornets, and for the most part. They succeeded. They still made the play-in despite despite all those injuries and setbacks and guys being fatigued. They still were a top 10 seed last year. Unfortunately, got the brakes beat off of them by the Pacers on national TV. The brakes beat off of them by the Pacers. Like, it, it wasn't bad. But you can learn from that those type of mistakes. So we're like, at the end of the day, this is still a really young team. You could probably picture the starting lineup next year. Gordon Hayward, I think, is the only guy that really is around 30 on that team. You can pick a LaMelo is a 20, like 20, 21 years old. Bridges is like 22, 23 years old. PJ Washington is like 21. Like he like this team is super James Book Knight. They just drafted. He's in his he's I think he's I think he's 19. He might be 20. He might be 20 already. But point is he's young too. Like this team is super young. Super young. It and they only have which is kind of why you need a Gordon Hayward as a veteran. A Terry Rozier who's somewhat of a veteran. He's still like twenty seven, but he's still technically a veteran. You need guys like that who can, you know, round the ship a little bit and you know bring this team as one. Of course, the Hornets aren't a championship team. They don't really have a superstar like that. But what's stopping them from potentially going out and making a trade? What's stopping them from, you know, not going out and getting a small piece, probably, a you know, backup center or whatever? And this team is a legit playoff team, to be honest. I can see the Hornets being a playoff team. I don't hate that they are that close to being a playoff team because... Outside of it, you know, derailing my team, my team, but that's a personal issue, not a professional issue. I'd rather them be that that nucleus be t- together for a while than them break it apart. But I'd still understand why they would break it apart in the in the grand scheme of a championship. Again, me going off task. Number two, Zach Levine is an all-star. Let's not beat around the bush. Zach Levine is an all-star. Treat him as such. 
almost carbon copy of everything I said Julius Randle was Zach Levine. Why is Zach Levine, who is a top 24 player in this league, I, can, I can't name 24 players that, put up the, that have the production value of Zach Levine. Why is he, it like, he's, he was in the 40s, I'm pretty sure. Again, don't have the exact number in front of me. But he was he was in the 40s, I'm pretty sure. Again, somebody who put up 20, was it 27 a game? I think it was 27 a game. On some ridiculous efficiency. 27 a game. On that efficiency. On a team that realistically should have been a playoff team last year. They It, it fell off the deep end. Then they made trades that, for guys that didn't need to be traded. But they went out all out for Vucevic and they still weren't a playoff team. Now they signed Lonzo and they signed DeMar, Tony Bradley, Alex Caruso. They traded for Derrick Jones Jr. Let Laurie Markinen go. Cody White, uh, Kobe White is going to be a six-man of the year candidate for this year. Like they've got a lot of guy, a lot of moving pieces in the offseason. And I hope it works out for them because, again, that's just another dominant team in the Eastern Conference just waiting to happen. Again, me going off SAS, I appreciate Brandon Ingram being as high as he was, 26. I honestly expect the ESPN to underrate him just because who he's playing next to in that front court. But God, Brandon Ingram is special. He is special. I love I love Brandon Ingram's game so much, man. Like, genuinely. And again, me and my homeboy talk about it. We agreed wholeheartedly. This is the closest we're going to get to Kevin Durant. A lot of people will tell you Jason Tatum. I think it's Brandon Ingram. Jason Tatum, I'd say, is more. See, I don't want this being taken out of context. I'd say he's more Kobe in terms of offensive way he scores the ball on the outside. I don't want that taken out of context because, again, this isn't coming from a guy who loves Kobe, has a Kobe jersey in his yard, in his house right now hanging up but i don't want to i don't again don't want to take it out of context but jason tatum really does play like Kobe bryant and i can see the similarities in that but brandon ingram is the kd he is the kd guy and nobody else is really close when it when it comes to kevin Durant's style it's so fluid it's ridiculous and it doesn't help that this man's like six nine He's six foot nine, like two fifteen, I think it is, two twenty, some built something around there. He's gained a lot of weight since high school, since college. This man is beyond ridiculous with the basketball, and again, he's only going to get better because there's more opportunities. He doesn't have a guy like Lonzo Ball who is you know take took about seven threes a game, shooting forty percent, averaging about fourteen a game, a ball dominant playmaker type. You know, guy, Devontae Graham is a, he's a he can he's a guy who can he can create his own shot, but he's not the guy that's gonna be setting other guys up, and that's kind of what you have, Bi and Zion there when they were running the point Zion last year after Lonzo went down, and Ingram you know he was getting the ball more he was going on crazy scoring tangents. Of course, the team sucked because look who the coach was last year, but Brandon Ingram genuinely is solid 
he he has no weaknesses in his offensive game. You can he can go left, he can go right, he can post up, he can shoot, he can you know take it off the drive, he can dunk, he can you know he got the acrobatic, he can do everything when it comes to scoring the basketball. Is he an elite playmaker? Obviously not. Is he an elite passer? No, he's never going to be an elite pa- elite passer. But he'll get you about three, four, five assists a game. That's all you really need when a guy like Zion can get you four. You have a point guard who can get you six. You know, even Valanciunas, he can pass out of the post. A guy like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he's going to create some assists just by attacking the cup at will. They got Tom, even Tomas Sadoransky off the bench. He can be, he can give you a few assists. Like this team, they don't need that one. They needed a year ago that one guy that can get you eight, ten assists a night in Lonzo Ball. But with the new constructed team with Willie Green as the coach, bringing in a playmaker, you know, in the front, another playmaker in the front court out of the post, you know, guys off the bench who can, you know, who can play make. They don't necessarily need the Lonzo Ball type playmaker anymore. They just need they need to play make up by a committee. And I can see that working in this style of offense. Uh, did I miss anything? Um we covered Zach, we covered Ben, we covered, you know, uh Ja. Well, no, we didn't cover Ja. We didn't cover I respect Ja the Ja they put Ja as high as he did high as high as they did. He was in like the the low thirties. He was like thirty two, I think he was. If I had to take one random guess, I'd say he was thirty two. I remember writing down. It was just a little too high, just a little too high. And it's not a jaw thing. It's more because everybody else is better than him more than he's worse. Because Jaw is still really good. Don't get me wrong. Jaw is still a really good point guard and is a top ten point guard. Spoiler: That might be our special guest episode. But I just think it's just a little bit too high. Just a little bit. And maybe he's rated around what he, and that's just me talking. But I think he's just, he might be just a little bit too high. Let's see. Brandon Ingram, we covered. Rookies, obviously. Jordan Clarkson, we covered. LaMelo. Yeah, that's, he actually did cover everything in a fairly short amount of time, too. I have eight things or eight nine things on my list we covered that in 23 minutes i'm surprised that might just be me ready to go home but it's also like you know again these these are all minor things like minor things i tweet obviously the stop rating rookies that's pretty major like stop rating people before they come into the league julius randall again not julius randall and zach levine who are both all-stars not being in the top 25 is very egregious. You know, that's that's not, you know, that's not in that's in that is very inexcusable. You have to have those guys in the top 25 considering they were literally all-stars last year. There weren't 22 guys who were injured going and 22 all-star caliber players that were injured last year. You can put Julius Randle in that conversation. 47 is ridiculous. Again, we talked about Zach. Again, he's an all-star. Treat him as such. Again, probably should be top 25. The way he scores the ball is ridiculous. He is now developed into a playmaker. You know, again, the defense thing is more effort than skill. 
I think he can play defense. He just doesn't because he has so much to do on offense. But now that he's got a DeMar and a, you know, a Lonzo and Vucevic, and they have Vucevic for a full year now, Zach doesn't have to average 30. He can average, you know, 20, play make and play defense. Which Chicago is going to need all of that if they want the playoffs or play first to play in, then the playoffs next year. Like I said, I think that's about everything. So if you know if you missed the previous thirty-one episodes of the podcast, you know check them out Spotify, Google Podcasts, right here on Anchor. If you know you want to hit me up on the socials, Zaymaker fifteen on Snap, Zaymaker fifteen on Twitter. Stay with the trail on Instagram. And I think that's it. Till next time.